We're starting with a song. Here we go. This is a Nirvana song called Oh Me. Touch feeling, I will lose my soul the way I do. I don't have to think, only have to do it. Results are always perfect. That's old news. Would you like to hear my voice? Sprinkling in emotion, vented at your birth. I can't see into me My whole expanse I cannot see Formulate infinity From deep inside Formulate infinity From deep inside Touch feeling, I will lose my soul the way I do. I don't have to think, only have to do it. Results are always perfect. That's old news. Would you like to hear my voice sprinkled in emotion? Invented at your birth. Into me here, my whole expanse cannot see here. Formulate infinity from deep inside. Formulate infinity from deep inside. Formulate infinity from deep inside of me. Formulate infinity from deep inside. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that song. <coughs> it's a Nirvana song. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to play that one. That's that's uh, just an old cover song. <clears throat> so, Brian, we were talking about death earlier. <laughs> 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 yeah, earlier today? Uh, no, just like a couple minutes ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about it a little bit. Just feeling like... Oh, feeling like feeling. you're going to die? Yeah, and, and and running away from that feeling, I guess. Ugh. I li- I've literally run from it so many yeah, times. Yeah, you have to. When you feel it, you're like, oh, this isn't good. Like, I need to run. Do you run? Yeah, yeah. Really? Like, if I feel it in bed, I get up and I run. Like, I start, like, moving really quickly. Wow. That's awesome. I had that experience before, like, when I got concussed after I fell off that rock. And I was, like, literally concussed for, like, maybe t- 
20, like 15, 20 minutes by myself. And when I got up, <laughs> were you like, well, I, I came to consciousness. Durr. No, when I came to consciousness, I was like, I need to move. Like, I'm going to like, this isn't good. Like I'm by myself in yeah. the wilderness. Like I need to, I need to get up, you know? So, um, I don't know. Micro, it's, it's kind of like, yeah. When I think about. of dying, I go run, run. Like oh, <laughs> I literally think, of, <laughs> I literally think of that. Mm. That that thought comes to my head so instantly. Well, we're here at the uh, at the reservoir again, and we've changed the acronym. Even though Brian just thought of a way better one. Uh, so the <laughs> podcast used to be called "Smartest Idiots in the Room." Yes. The acronym, sir. Yes. And Jake's recently changed it to. I did. Yeah. To so oh, real, surrounding oh, indigo oh, reservoir. <laughs> But, surrounding but, indigo reservoir. yeah no but you thought of a better one no i mean honestly you were just like try and think of one it's hard and, and like, you came up with one jared actually came up with like a thousand of them but uh instantly Brian only came up 900 with... of them were better what the one you came up with is way better okay slightly informed realists that's pretty good slightly informed realists it's kind of a play off the original title which is nice not... pretty much yeah okay so the he was so, all right yeah. so he's not that smart all right uh, this person, <laughs> this person in the room. Right. So we can explain only it. Slightly informed. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're not idiots anymore. <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like <laughs> some of like the least informed people have the strongest opinions about things. Why? Well, I don't know how important is being informed. Have the like, strongest opinions or yeah. the best opinions? Just strong opinions. Oh. Well, what is being informed? I mean, like someone can say you're not informed, like but aware. does that mean that they're informed? Do you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't mean that. It just right. means you're not informed. I'm saying informed can mean different things. Uh, exp- what? So it's like you might as well just feel, in- feel informed. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Jake, what were you... Uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about death that much, but it's... Oh, but it just kind of really, stuck out to me. It's really all around us all the time, and it's like... Something that a lot of people feel really uncomfortable to talk about. Oh, yeah. Why, though? We're all oh, going to well, die. <laughs> what? We're all going mean, to die? What? What? We're all going to die. You want me to keep saying it? All right. This is actually news to Jared. <laughs> Jared's never going to die. <laughs> I, I, there is a sliver of infinity in me. Uh, and I kind of, uh, like, I kind of truly, truly believe it. Like, That's I got to believe I'm not going to die. Like, in a way. You mean like, like well, like at least like immortality, uh, <laughs> or just like like a bigger picture, like. like uh, I think what you said was actually really, really profound. Oh, then I'll leave it. Okay. <laughs> then I won't. Then I won't expand on it because <laughs> I'll sli- ruin it. Because I'm only slightly informed. Uh, hey, But yeah, let's get back to the point. Um, not necessarily death, but what uh. What prompted you to change the name of the cast? You know, this is oh. something that was kind of like an old project. No, maybe it, you could even just give us a just a. Oh well, or maybe yeah, it's just a I can try decision. I don't know. I mean, Didn't I basically just meaning? had to decide. I I mean, I was like, I wanted to keep Sir, and then I wanted to have Reservoir in there because we've been meeting at the Reservoir. So then I was like, I gotta find out what I should be. That was like, I looked up Google like, why Indigo? Because it was the best of the horrible choices. Okay. <laughs> Um, there's nothing about Indigo. The, well, it's it's. I mean, it's right. It's not as thought out as yours. That's why we should change to yours. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about mine for a second. Like, I mean, slightly informed realists is better, but but in the fact that it plays off the last one. But I the surrounding Indigo Reservoir is like <laughs> it doesn't roll roll off the tongue for one. <laughs> and, Do you think that's important? 
No. Something about names are important, though. Like, yeah, but you sometimes you just have to name something. That's what I did with this. That's you know, it's like w- naming a song or naming. Well, I a, think it's kind of like a naming the title of your paper or something like that, like or the title of a film. Like you kind of want it to stand out, but it's like it doesn't matter. Like a name of a band. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's know, gonna would, stay with you, but yeah. it's not the end all be all. Like I had to continue making other decisions. Right, the content's yeah. probably more valuable, but sure. At the same time, it's like. If you're thinking about your name as like your brand or like something sure. that is like a like a key reference or like a mission, like you can get really clever with your naming, you know, and uh, or it can be kind of just like unrelated. What are you, you saying? Know? We should. Which, what are you? What should the name be? No, I don't know. Nah, I, don't, I don't know either. It's really not that important, sir. <laughs> Fuck. I, oh, I, lost oh, I wanted to. I wanted to uh, bring up a Peterson thing. Um, the Adler thing, and I wanted to just apply that to what we're Can you talking tell us who about. Peterson is. Oh yeah, so Jordan Peterson, he's a context. Yeah, no, you're good. Jordan Peterson's a um, clinical psychologist and professor from Canada. I think he's like good, teaches at the University of Toronto. But he's he kind of got really big in the media probably two years ago, and then he started like spreading kind of his ideas, I guess, and and people were coming to listen to him, um, in like these big auditoriums. So I, I I listened to some of his material, and I really like what he says. And he's talking about like older psychologists, um, like Adler, and uh, like I'm really into Carl Jung, but Adler, I don't know his first name. It might be Carl. Well, there's another Carl in there somewhere, but. <clears throat> have this this axiom about conversation and therapy as far as like conversational therapy like say you go see a therapist and you're um you're trying to solve something in your life you know you're just trying to be honest like the two axioms is like is like basically be honest and then like want the best for both parties like you and the therapist is like a therapeutic relationship, and therefore what Peterson says is any relationship you have can be a therapeutic relationship if those are the preconditions. That's what I wanted to say. So like what we're doing here is technically therapeutic in a way that's like we're not sitting down on a, uh, you know, a therapist chair, but it's like it's it's successful in just being good conversation. I, what I, what what I think took about away that? from that is like a therapeutic relationship. The basis, according to Peterson, or still in Peterson, sure. Um, you're essentially saying that like both parties want like a benevolent outcome for the other party. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm gonna kind of pull something from a prior conversation. Go for so it. So what happens when you have like I'm gonna create like a little visualization. So you have like one person on one side of a riverbank. And they feel super strongly opinionated about something. On the other side of the riverbank is somebody who holds essentially the opposite opinion. But they've decided that despite their like opposing opinions or viewpoints or stances on whatever this thing is, we don't even have to make it a thing. Anything. You two people that are like on different, you know, ends of the spectrum or whatever. And they decide that like it's caused them a lot of grief to like just constantly be at odds with each other and they want to create this bridge across the riverbank and they want to like do that on the basis of a therapeutic relationship so i guess my question back to you jake and we kind of asked this last time uh off the off the record like how do you bring two people from maybe different schools of thought or different opinions uh 
how could you start to set up the foundation for such a beneficial relationship? Yeah, the basically the two preconditions. Like once you believe those two things, can you that, say those two things again? That for you us? want the best for yourself and the other person, and you're okay. gonna tell the truth no matter what happens. Like if you're gonna speak your truth, I guess is is the best way to put that. Like for me, like that would be some ugly stuff, you know, me telling the truth about everything, you know, I don't tell the truth about everything on, you know, because I don't want people knowing things <laughs> or something, you know? So, it's so a fair statement. That's just, a very truthful statement right there. I there mean, you go. So then like, I'm just trying to push the truth forward with my words, my truth or whatever. And so once both parties do that and, and they, and they want the best for the other person, it automatically becomes a therapeutic relationship. That's the idea that I just thought applied to this podcast and some of our conversations so i just thought i wanted to start with that i guess oh, i hate the truth so much <laughs> what do you mean um i don't know i don't think i've ever been true i don't think i've ever nakedly talked the truth with anyone ever so are you lying to us right now about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're doing it right now you're just saying that was a true statement was it not but it was really cool. Like, uh, for instance, uh, <laughs> so the book that I've talked about, Mistborn, um, one of the lines that the protagonist talks about or, or says is uh, the best liars often uh, tell the truth, tell the truth most of the time. Um, so I feel uh -huh. like that kind of fits me a little bit oh. like. I feel like most of the time I'm like really, really open and that allows people to trust me in a way where if I lie, it doesn't. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. It's so like sneaky. I feel like I'm a really good liar. <laughs> I'm a really good liar because I tell the truth so much. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds true to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm lying right now. <laughs> um, But no, oh, that's I, interesting. I just think it's. I, it's so hard to establish what are you gonna do that about it. You're just gonna like let it do that thing, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where to really. Well, I was just wondering about question? like when, when you're saying, you know, when you're saying that you know it's part of a therapeutic relationship to tell the truth. Um, I'm just curious about how people end up in situations in which they feel comfortable enough to tell the truth, and like how that, um, how how that uh, like manifests. Yeah. That's a that's a good question. I guess you have to know that that's the best way out, no matter what happens. Like, it's almost like, I mean, what? A, yeah, there's like famous quotes about the truth. What's the guy who says, um, uh, "Don't t don't tell a lie," because always tell the truth. You won't have to remember. That was Mark Twain. I'll always tell the truth. You don't have to remember what you said. Like, you don't have to remember your lies yeah. because, like, yeah. you're, you're always like being transparent, so you don't have to be ashamed of anything you've done because you tell the truth anyway. Um, so that would be one reason why to, you should, you could do it. <laughs> it would help. Right. But if you don't tell the, if you lie only some of the time, you don't have to remember that much. Right. And then also <laughs> sometimes lying is for the other person, you know, like sometimes I feel like I will lie because either 
it's like for two reasons. It's like a, I don't want to upset someone else, um, and then b, because I don't want to bring someone in to my problems, which I don't feel like it's it's just like not it's just not necessary all the time to like bring someone into your negativity. Yeah. Sure. What do you mean? Like, if someone's like, hey, are you okay? And you're not okay. And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. Could that be like a really trivial example? Uh, in a way, that's a trivial example. But like, I mean, I, I relate to that because I don't like, I really dislike when people ask me if I'm okay because I just. Is that it, kind of triggering for you? Yes, it is triggering for me. Like, I don't, that's not the way I react. Like, I don't. Like if I, if I don't feel well or like if I'm just like in a pissy mood, like I just don't, that's just, there's never going to be a time where someone says, am I okay? And then that causes me to like spill out with what I want to say <laughs> like, or how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's just like, that's not the result of what that, of that conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a tough one to, to deal with anyway. Cause if you're on the person on the outside, if you're like the concerned third party, the person looking in to the person that's hurting, right. it's like, you want to be like. Hey, I love you. I care about you. Like, right, I kind of see you're a little down. Yeah. Like, do you want to talk about it? And likely it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah, I don't have anything to say to you about it. Like, yeah. or you just maybe, I don't know, man, it's, it's tricky. Mental health, like our emotions are really tricky. Like, you know, we get so we could, pulled into <laughs> we them. We could relate this. I mean, if you let me back to, uh, yeah. I mean, COVID Take a little floor. bit. I just wanted to say, like, I think people have been wanting that. Wanting what? Um, well, I think we just have to be aware of what COVID's doing to the uh, the individual. Oh, you my know? God. Yeah, there's certainly, like, at least... Something to think about. I mean, I, I, I get excited when I when I hear, like, the everything's opening back up. I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> yeah, it's a sense of, like, freedom and normalcy that's being, like, given back to us in a way. Yeah. But, uh, no, just, I know a I lot just, of people I just that are... More, it's, Sorry. No. Just going to say, like, a lot of people are, are really, really going through a hard time. Like, people already go through stuff in the best of times. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. No, I see your point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm talking to people, and, like, I'm actually a little surprised. Because, like, I I get it, and, like, I understand. I empathize with people that are that are hurting. But when people are, like, COVID has changed the world, like, like, we can't, you know, do this anymore. We have to... I, when I just start to hear about all, like, the policies and procedures and, like, the way that people are choosing to change the way they interact with other humans, I don't know. For me, it just all seems kind of startling. And maybe it's just... Maybe it's just a necessary change for a reason that we don't understand now, but I don't know. For me, it's a little bit like... Like, when people just get into, like, that fear space, you know, and they're just, like, you can just hear the panic in their voice and you can just hear the uncertainty. Like, yeah. say someone opens up. Say they don't kind of deflect and are just like I'm afraid like my work's unsteady my relationship's on the rocks sure. like and they just go off and they just open up you know it's always kind of startling when someone does that but can, it can actually be really freeing mm. um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like or I'm trying to go with it is like yeah I just like look around all the time and see people that are just like in a really rough spot because of the whole COVID thing because of the implications of like staying home and like quarantining mm. and like being afraid of, like, fear of scarcity. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. And uh, sometimes it can be kind of hard to, like, relate to people that are going through stuff. But sure. I feel like we have to just show them we care. We don't have to, like, force. There's no process you can force yeah. upon anyone. You just be yeah. like, 
Like I like I love you. I care about you. Yeah. Sure. People get weird about that too. Like you love me? What are you a weirdo? <laughs> what do you love me for? Don't love me. So Jared, did you uh I'm um, sorry if that was too much of a tangent. No, it was good. But as uh, far as the uh the truth <laughs> and what and, and uh, sorry, you we and you want to do a volley of truth quotes real quick? You already said one, Jake. I did. I, Mark Twain. Can you want to say got? it again real quick? Uh, let's see. Um, I did one, I think. The beauty about telling the truth is that you don't have to remember what you said. Okay. What was yours, Jared? Mine was uh, the best liars tell the truth most of the time, I think. Okay. The best. Yeah, that oh, was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mine is uh, truth is one and paths are many. And that's a Swami Satchitananda quote. What is that? Oh, uh, I mean, like, we're talking about, like, truth is, like, an absolutism. As truth is, like... As an objective reality. Yeah. Which might not exist, but... But I would argue that it does. I mean, we couldn't... I I heard that we couldn't speak... That's another quote. We can't speak unless we believe something's true enough to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, we couldn't exchange ideas if there wasn't, like facts or like something we could talk about but i think it might be facts in a sense that you believe they're facts you know like when you actually like abstractly think about it it's like okay maybe there's no objective this is when i feel very slightly informed to go back to the acronym because i wouldn't know what to say there you know yeah as far as objective truth and like i only know a quote or two you know yeah i mean i was what do you where are you coming from with objective truth so that's like it's not my truth that i've realized but it's something that is an objective truth what does that mean so an objective truth um to oversimplify is something that's true without my um you know subjectivity so like without my thoughts something exists in a in a state of reality or of uh uh, like that, that there's something outside of my perception that exists. Mm. Um, so, for instance, like a law of the universe. Yes. Or like the law of physics. Right. But the the troubling aspect of that is that the law of physics or law of the universe is something that a person came up with and that is comprehended by people. So, to be able to understand it is to be subjective in a sense. So there on like you have no there's no such thing as an objective reality because your even, you know, even you know your eyesight or what you feel with your hands or what you hear like uh, so so your senses um they're interpretations of your brain and that's how you, you know, it helps you exist as a person. So these are all interpretations. They're all like wavelengths that your brain's interpreting as sight or as uh, sound. And um, this is not an objective reality. So there's something outside of, so I'm just curious, like, is there something outside of our perception that is, that's real? Or is it just like all our perception and nothing else is real? Wow. Well, then you come back to like individual, you know, perspective and perception, like you're calling it. It's like even the three of us here, although we like were, you know, we kind of grew up in like a same area, more or less. We kind of like more or less grew up like a similar demographic. 
you know, we all have like super different life experiences. We all have different mm. hardships and challenges. We've all have had like different learning curves we've had to overcome. And I guess in that Sounds way, we all have like these different subjective truths. But, and I'm still not totally sure I understand. I guess I hear what you're saying. It's like, could something exist outside of like what we know and realize? Yeah. Of course, it has to. Yeah. You know how limited we are as human beings. Right. So, like, I don't know. How could there not? Yeah, how could there you not know? in a sense that... But it's how just, could there not be so funny because like it's your it's, perspective, you know? It's like a, a, a broken the machine. Same time, a broken kind of a paradox, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a paradox. paradox. Because a broken machine cannot fix itself because it itself is broken. So it's like you're trying to reach outside of your head but all you're using is like hum- you're just all you can use is human logic and like human reasoning. Yeah, but that's that's I'd like say there's other things you could use, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. But you no, you can't. No, I mean logic and reasoning, I feel like it really only can take you so far. There's like other things to us besides like logic and reasoning, you know. Oh, oh I hear you. But like, I mean what I'm saying is it all comes from your human mind. Yeah, yeah, you just I mean, what are you going to do about that, you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. So it's, like it's, it's you just as so why it. even think yeah exactly yeah. so why even that's but that's the school of thought that I mean that's the school of thought you have to come to is, is like, that like nihilism? Uh, I don't think sense, so. I'm 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 definitely so. like I would consider myself nihilistic over anything. Like, can you explain uh, what that means for you a little bit? Like, I think you kind of already did some. Uh, nihilism is the belief that nothing matters. Um, that there's no objective purpose or so meaning you, to anything and you believe that or yeah yeah that's kind of my, i don't know i don't think you do yeah maybe not um i think yeah. well i think that's my underlying tone that like defines my depression maybe and i believe that everything else is kind of like a um an escape to like uh, something to escape that that thought pattern yeah okay like no, everything it, i can, I can like relate to, to that soothe, to soothe myself so i don't so I don't realize that, like, oh, I just truly don't believe in anything. Ooh, yeah. Everything else is just, like, bullshit. Yeah. I can think, I, 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 um, well, I don't know what I can say about that. That's. That's a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's. You could really, you could really go down into that. I want to kind of, I, I don't want to jump. I mean, I, I wanted to ask Brian about what book you just quoted for your truth quote. Oh. Um. Okay. Yeah. You said you mumbled it. It was like it sounded like Indian scripture or something. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Not so, to, I mean, I don't know if we were. I mean, so, you know, when I went to go study to be a yoga teacher, I went and, like, lived at this place immersively. And uh, every day we, you know, did yoga and yogic practices and What was stuff. that called? Uh, I went to a place called Satchidananda Ashram. And Where's Swami Satchidananda is, like, the, the guru of the ashram. And he's uh, kind of like a founder and, um, like, a modern... A modern saint, if you will. Where is this? Uh, it's actually in Virginia. Um, is he can, alive? He's no longer alive in the body. So he, like, attained samadhi, as they call it, through, like, a realized death. Basically, he's, like, an like, enlightened soul. He's pretty much, like, God manifested as a human being. And when did he die, this person? Um, I think, like, early 2000s, late 90s, oh, maybe. Oh, okay, so he, like, just died. Recently, like, so as far as that's concerned, it sounds like just basically to, that just like respects like everyone's subjectivity. If you think about it, truth is one, paths are many. So we all come to like these 
and I'm I'm not an enlightened soul. Like I'm not like a swami or a yeah. Guru, but you'd like but, to think you're heading in that direction, whatever that means, right? Uh, well, I think if you look at it as like if you, well, I guess first you have to like identify and believe in like a soul, and if you don't, then it's kind of like you're just, you know, that's not your path. You might be traveling down a different path. Interesting. And maybe like, and then if you like open your mind to the idea of like. Maybe there's a life outside of this, or maybe like time's not linear. Maybe there's like a lot of, I mean, I don't know. You, I don't want to get too like sure, I don't get too off track. That's cool. Truth is one, paths are many. So it just is essentially respecting that subjective difference that everyone has. But we are all still in our lives, like hopefully, like learning something. Hopefully, we're like discovering those truths in our lives, like the things that are really important, the things that bring like happiness to ourselves or other people. And that doesn't mean that, like, yeah, yeah. So, so when you doesn't mean quoted, that bad things don't exist. When you like, quoted that, you said it was from. So he said that the guy that this guy that was enlightened. And yeah. what was his name again? Uh, Swami Satchidananda. Okay, word. What language is that? Satchidananda is Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Satchit. Is Sanskrit the language? Ananda. Is that is that so a you have truth? Knowledge, bliss is the breakdown. Whoa. Sat, Sat means truth in Sanskrit. Chit means. Are you saying uh, Sanskrit or Sanskrit? Sanskrit. Sanskrit's like a the first language written. Yeah, it's an really? old language. It's really the first old. written language. Yeah. Cool. Um, I discovered. And okay. I would love to get somebody that's like really knowledgeable to like break all that down because it's actually really amazing. And you can just like I bet you can just get really deep into some really ancient wisdom. Uh, yeah, and then you get into things where people are like. Well, where in the world did all this stuff come from? And I'd be getting it over my head, but like, uh, so you could like read the Vedas, which is like a really, really old set of books um, and scriptures, which is pretty much like original transmission from like, I mean, they'll like. It's like Hindi, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The Vedas. Hindi, I thought Hindi is a language. Hindu. And Hinduism, Hindu, Hinduism oh, okay, is the religion, bad. I think. Yeah, Hindi is like a regional language in India. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, no, to kind of just get back to like truth is one and paths are many, it's like that just like takes the time to recognize the same and everything instead of constantly like that, being yeah. like, oh, like I was raised Christian. Like I believe in Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And those of you that practice Islam are going to hell. Like, yikes. That's kind of an old story, you know. So this is more so like we're all it's, it's a lot more like universal that's really what it comes down to is like recognizing the universal truth that we're all human. Mm. We're all on a path, our path, and we're all like discovering ourselves, you know? Yeah. And you can break yeah. it down as simply as that. That's cool. Yeah, that's my truth quote. Nice. I could take it. Uh, there's one more. I'm thinking of, of a quote right now um, that we talked about earlier, Brian, I think two days ago. We were talking about salt quotes the other day. <laughs> yeah, we were. No, nah, well, it was one of those. It was salt uh, of the earth. It was the um put some salt on it. What was the one that you thought of? When it rains it pours. <laughs> that is salt? a saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh it uh Morton Morton Salt came up with that. Oh, good one, Whoa. Jared. So Morton Salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it doesn't Skull. clump together uh in moisture. So when it rains and it becomes moist, it still pours. It still pours out of the bottle. So this is like a so instead of like putting rice in it or something like that, like they have a they put a chemical in it. So when it rain, so actually the saying "when it rains it pours" is from salt. It's not from like raining. It just means pours like literally out of the bottle, like it's from Morton Salt. Like the company. Yeah, 
it's that's not crazy. Yeah, 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 it's not from like rain. Huh. Yeah, Morton Salt's not a guy. By the way, for those of you that are like, oh, Morton Salt came up with that big, oh, Mort- big quote. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> thank you for clarifying. That's actually what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like, like oh, person. Morton Salt, didn't he write that book? <laughs> <laughs> What's Morton Salt? That's a, com- a it's water a sh- company? It's, it's one of the biggest kosher salt companies. Okay. Now, Jared's was- also Jewish, right? Yes, I am. My mom, yeah. my mom was Jewish when she was living. Now she's dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. <Did she? laughs> God bless her. Yeah. I was going to say the How quote. How long ago was that, Jared? Uh, she died. What's, what's the date? Do you remember? January 3rd, uh, 2019. So about a year ago? Wow. Yeah, a year wow, and a half ago. so recently. Yeah. Yeah. She went kaputz. <laughs> He's done so. That's crazy. I mean, I guess not many. I mean, I don't know. Mom, I, I was talking to someone and I mentioned that, and I was like, "Well, we are like adults now, basically. I don't know. People die. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My dad found her dead in the bathroom. Dang. She overdosed on heroin. Jeez. Yeah. It was laced with uh, fentanyl. Dang. Oh wow. So it was, it was a bad batch. Bad batch. Dang. B yeah, squared. You're playing with, you're playing with fire <laughs> at that point. Bad, you know. bad batch. B squared. Two, there's two Bs. Oh, nice. <laughs> what is that called? Anyway. You guys want to just like have like just like a, a couple deep breaths for all the people that have died from heroin? Sure. From nasty addiction? Sure. Can we do that? Can we just like, yeah, just tune out for I'll a second, one. tune in, take a Here deep breath? Here we go. I don't care about it that much. Yeah? Yeah. Doesn't bother you? You don't miss her? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think about it that much, which is weird. I haven't cried about it. Do you feel like it's... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please. No, I mean, are you being real about that, though? Because earlier you mean this is... And I don't want to turn this into, like, the the Shrink Jarrett's Head (laughs) podcast, but uh, if you're cool, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, I'm open. Like, I mean, like, early, just earlier, you were, like, you kind of are an open guy, but, like, you also, like, will kind of, like, lie to protect yourself or just, like, avoid having to, like, delve into any of those uncomfortable subjects. And I don't want to push the envelope for you, but maybe this is an uncomfortable subject. It's obviously, like... I'm not uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Which is weird. That's uh, so interesting. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's weird. I, like... I don't. I just haven't felt that much. How long was your mom uh, using for before she passed? Was like a long. Was it pretty much like a long time coming? Yeah, that's hard. What were you saying, Jake? I was gonna say that like I guess when usually people think about their moms dying, it's like, um, I guess she was with you since you were born. You know what I mean? And she's like, I I haven't lost my mom, but I I couldn't really imagine. But like people just assume that I guess it would be uh, really like emotional and 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 like something been ripped out of you or something when 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 really I guess I don't know I I was just that's what I was oh okay yeah well what's interesting is like she lived with me my whole life she wasn't like you know I was I wasn't separated from her so like she raised me and I lived with her forever and. Uh, she struggled with addiction for a long time. I didn't know about it until like after high school. Um, and then probably like in the last five years of her life or maybe like a little shorter, maybe like the last three years of her life, uh, she definitely was like, uh, uh, I would say she was like 
you know, lose like she was losing it. You know, she wasn't. Uh, she just wasn't lucid, really. Uh, she was like a shadow of herself, kind of. Yeah, that's um, what heroin does too. It just really like just eats away at the person, right? So, yeah, it's almost like it wasn't even your mom at the end, like in a way, like. Right. Is, that, is that too is that too presumptuous of me to say? No, no, not at all. She lost she lost her soul. Um, yeah, like you could look in her eyes and it wasn't there. Like she wasn't there behind her eyes. Um, Dang. When do you think was behind that? that? Like, do you think that there was any part of her left anywhere in there, or do you think it was just all gone? Um, I think there is a part of her behind her eyes, like, like her, like a part of her in her youth, maybe that was just like screaming. But it's in a soundproof room, you know. Like and just no one's like, listening. Yeah, and it's just forever screaming, like and scratching and and like gnawing and yearning, and it's just like not being heard. And it's mm. just this part of yourself that's completely desperate, but it's just not going to be heard because it's just like taken by time, and like taken by experience. Um, it's kind of like that. Uh. uh What's the Robin Williams movie? The Oh, Dead Poet Society? Oh. Uh, there's that really good scene or quote where he makes the guy stand up who is like kind of, uh, he's just he's just like not very well spoken in the class and he makes him like say a po- uh, poem like to the class and he's like the sweaty tooth madman is like, he's basically talking about how, he's it's, it's basically like circles back around to death and he's saying like, it's this thing where as no matter as, as much as you scream or you cry or you claw or you plead, it just grabs you and sucks you under. Mm. Um, and I feel like there is probably something like that existing in my mom that, you know, we didn't know about. Sure. Um, but no, when I say it, when I say it, I mean it like I have not, uh, I have not cried about my mom dying. Um, I've, I, maybe it's hard for me to access my emotions in some way. Um, I think, well, I'm, I'm medicated by the way. Mm. So I'm on, um, antidepressants. I'm Mm. on Paxil 40 milligrams, which is like pretty heavy. Okay. Um, so maybe in a sense, I'm uh, a little deafened to, to emotions. I think sometimes I feel a little dead inside maybe like Mm. from the medicine that I didn't notice before. Uh, so, so I think, uh, that's possibly a reason why I'm not feeling that. Yeah. That's probably a fair statement. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. I know, like, uh, I remember, like, at one time, I mean, I think antidepressants are really over-prescribed, and I don't want to, this is really, like, this is me just being a slightly informed. Slightly informed, for sure. Being slightly informed, you know, but just from my personal experiences, it does change people, the way they feel things, the way they process things, even the way they, like, identify with themselves, you know? Um, and for some people that are, like, really severely depressed or like suicidal like they need a little more of that buffer um maybe alongside another model of therapy like a talk therapy or exercise or whatever it is that they can use to kind of empower themselves but um yeah i did talk talk therapy and sometimes it just is a bust sometimes it's like it just is a waste of time but yeah i think um, i need to do it i need to try it again because you just gotta find the right person man yeah it's all about finding the right person yeah once you get the right person, it's like, I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, like, I know I did. And it was like, there was a couple times where I, like, had to do therapy, like, as a teenager for, like, substance abuse stuff and, like, for just fighting with my parents or just going against the grain. And it was like, you're going to counseling. It's like, 
screw counseling. I don't want to do that. Like that's worthless. (laughs) But actually like, and so I didn't obviously didn't get anything out of it because I wasn't ready to get anything out of it. But like years down the road, it was like, actually I've got some stuff that I want to talk to someone about. And like, it can't be mom or dad. It can't be my coworker. It can't be my girlfriend or wife. Like I need to just go kind of sort some things out and just like, and I think after like four or five sessions, I'm pretty sure the guy was like pretty much like ready to wrap it up with me because he was like, uh, "I'm retiring." Like, you know, I think that like <laughs> because of you, <laughs> I'm, reti- Yo, I'm retiring. I man. sent I'm this guy out, out of his business because because he was tired of it. No, um, actually, he didn't retire, so I was a little bit weirded out about that afterwards. Oh, what? Like he lied to me. <laughs> oh, maybe shit. like he was just like this kid's too far gone. Like he didn't understand the axioms. No. See, that's what I'm saying. He just, he, he wasn't a great therapist. No, Maybe. but I guess I said what I had to say to be like, <laughs> I'm good now. So I just th- don't think there's anyone. I well, you know, I have to keep trying. I I just haven't yet to meet someone where I can be honest with. I don't think I've yeah. ever. I don't feel like there's anyone in my life who I can be honest with. Well, can you be I'm honest sure with that's yourself? probably an exaggeration. You know, because like I'm sure you could be honest. But like if someone like cooked you like a meal and it was like this tastes really bad. I'm sure part of you might be able to be like, it's not my favorite. You, uh, don't, you don't have to roast them about it, but you know what I mean? 100%. So there's a degree of honesty there. Or if you get stuck in traffic and you're like, that was a bitch. 100%. You might be like, traffic was bad. Yeah, you're completely right. I was way overstating that. But uh, do you want to talk about maybe what you meant? Like, um, And we can we can switch No, what I meant anytime. is like, uh, you know, the very depths of what you think and and like who you are. And like the things, or maybe not you know, like the depths like really of who you are, because that's like, even overstating it. So yeah. the things that you hate about yourself, or the things that you find uh, troubling about yourself, those things I don't feel like I have anyone to talk about. Too well, I definitely don't think you're alone. I feel like probably most people feel that way. You're right. Honestly, so this you're is something totally that right. Jake and I talked about. Like I kind of was asking him, like, you know, kind of like, what are you hoping to get out of the podcast? Like, obviously, we want to. We're kind of here to like support each other and like promote our own projects, like promote Jake as a musician, and like I think that's all on the table and it's productive. But also like when I was asking myself like why do I want to do this, it's like because I think people not only like like want to talk, but people need to talk. People need to connect. And if you go even beyond talking, like because talking can be a little overrated. Sometimes it just is like people have a lot to say about sure. nothing, and mm-hmm. and that's okay. Whatever. Yeah, well, I feel like people need it. I people agree. need to connect. Ah, oh, man, that's hardcore. I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that is too hardcore, dude. For that's me. metal. That that's, uh, um. dude. I feel like it's I feel like it's the need of our time for real. Yeah, like people, I mean that. Me too. That's dope. Yeah, I mean it's hardcore in a sense that, like, well, what's really interesting is you know we kind of I think we get lost sometimes. Because we have a language. Um, so we have this language and we have these sounds that we make that we comprehend. Sure. Yeah. And behind that language, there's some there's intention. And that intention is shared by all living things, it seems like. And somewhere in the translation between intention and language, there's something lost. And I think, mm. like, language, mm. 
you need to speak, you know, you need to speak a thousand words before one word of intention can yeah. be spoken, you know? Dude, yeah. So it's like, there's this, there's the, there, it's lost in translation. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the quote. Have you ever met somebody that like you like listen to or talk to and you could just hear like every word was really intentional? Like someone that was just super present? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want me to say? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I feel that way about uh, Peterson sometimes, just when I'm listening to him. It just connects with me. Like, for some reason, I'm not trying to, like, push him or anything. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I connected to him on, like, some level because he kind of, like, pinpointed a couple things. And uh, and I was like, oh, I definitely agree with that, you know? And, like, the way he said a specific thing, I was like, it kind of unlocked some doors for me. So then I'm like, what else does this guy have to say? You know, is he going to say anything else that like totally makes sense? Do you know what I mean? And so a lot of the things do after that point. I, it was just those first couple um, that um, that I did hear. It, it just it, it sounded like the truth to me. It sounded like I was I was moving away from death listening to what he was saying Like to get back to the death thing. Because, you know, you can have a feeling and I don't know if that was on on air all fair as far as the podcast, but there's, there's, there can be a feeling where you want to, yeah. Like if I keep going in this direction, it leads to death, you know, I'm going to die, you know, I got to move, you know? So what do you mean? Cause like it all, it all leads to death. Yeah. But like you like can, a bad decision, like an early, well, death? you can live, you can live during your life or you can die during your life. That's I'll say the, um, the, Whoa. uh, Shawshank quote, Whoa. get busy living, get busy dying. Get busy living or get busy dying. So you have a choice, you know. So, so to to bring this all around and 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 pass back over to one of y'all, it's like when Peterson says those words that I that I heard as true. It was they were true words that I could like that I could like um, use as a tool. So going back to the language and words as a, as a tool, like you can use words to do things. Um, some people are walking by. <laughs> Dude, I, I see. I mean, that's kind of like the feeling I get when, you know, when you stumble upon a figurehead or whatever that you sure. connect with. Um, you know, like Ram Dass or uh, Jack Cornfield, I really connected with. Yeah. Uh, Who's that? He's, so he, he's a. Uh, it's like a beatnik, like poet. Oh, really? Author. Dude, I'm all about the beats. <laughs> he, he's he's uh he studied you know he studied in under a um he studied under like a guru type guy in India and like he served in the Peace Corps. His father his father was like a he he's he's like, like a descendant of geniuses essentially. But he's uh you know he's basically is a uh he's a Westerner that studied Eastern thought and helped bring it to the West. Uh, kind of similar to like Alan Watts. Alan Watts, yeah. Um, and Young did a little bit too. And to but he's not. I don't think he's not a follower of like Neem Karoli Baba, who uh, that's like who Ramdas and like his his crew follows. Is uh, there's there's a guru Neem Karoli Baba mm-hmm. who gave Ramdas his name, mm-hmm. um, who who named like a lot of those guys. And I don't th- quite think he's he's like he rolls with that crew, but he's not like he's not. Like a worship. He like he bit. interprets it and like translates translates it through his own <clears throat> lens in a way. Almost translates it for like a greater audience. Because um, unfortunately, like a lot of people like, and this just comes back to like perspective and like subjectivity. Like people look at like yoga 
people look at like Ramdas, people look at like things that are unfamiliar and immediately are like, oh, that's a cult or that's not legitimate or that's like they raise their eyebrows at it, you know. Sure. But I think yeah. Jack Cornfield and like some of those other guys just like embodied like they 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 realized they didn't have to he didn't have to be anybody else. He didn't have to like wear the clothes and or he just kind of he was like self-realized. He's like a self-realized dude. He and he's pure he's just like pure uh like uh Duncan Trussell describes him as a human chamomile tea. Human chamomile tea. He's like uh <laughs> He's just like so, like the second you hear maybe it's because I was prompted to but when I hear his voice like I I relax like it feels like I I release muscles that I didn't realize I was tensing. Nice. I need to listen. Yeah. yeah. And he's, check he's pure love and understanding. Yeah. Um and it's also like in the you know this is something you're born with but like it's it's in the quality of his voice. Like literally in the tonation like i think it's in like the intentionality too it's like in his presence he just is so mindful like before he speaks he's just present yeah he's just one of those guys you're just like you could just almost tune into like a a wavelength yeah this guy's just on all the time but that he's had to cultivate yeah because it's hard work it's not i mean maybe some people are just born with that yeah but he's had to work at it uh so duncan trussell he's a comedian um and like uh, he's very deep into Buddhism and uh, philosophy, and he uh, so he lost his mother maybe four or five years ago, and he had a really beautiful uh, opening to one of his podcasts where he was talking about you know how much he loved his mom mm-hmm. and what she meant to him and like how hard it was to lose her, and then. Um, this was a prelude to a podcast that he did on retreat in Hawaii, which is the Ram Dass retreat done every year, or every, you know, every couple seasons or whatever. And, uh, so he recorded a podcast with Jack Cornfield and with, um, shit. I'm going to forget the other guy's name. Darn. He's, he's really good too. Um, anyway, um, so he does this like really heartfelt, speech you know about his mom and it's like very beautiful and then he uh you know he starts the podcast with jack cornfield and he tells jack that his mom died and you know jack all he said was um all he said was like i he said i feel for you and the way he said it was so like intent like there's so much intention behind it that it like brought tears to my eyes Hmm. like i'm I'm honestly like almost getting like teary-eyed talking about it yeah like it you he felt it so completely and really that it like really touched me. Ooh, that's hard to do. Yeah. To be that intentional in what you say. Yeah. That's that's intense. Yeah. In very simple terms. So like he like invoked a sense of empathy in you. That where you like felt what he was feeling. Yeah. That's really I powerful. Felt, yeah. I really felt what it feel like I'm I consider myself an empathetic person. Um I would in, agree with that. In, in a sense. Um where you know, empathy is different than sympathy in, in, in that empathy is what you feel. You can feel what someone else is feeling, not just comprehend it. Um, and uh, when he said that, like, someone can invoke empathy, which is interesting. Like, you can invoke empathy in someone else. Like, you can make someone else feel something because you're so intentional or because you're so well thought out or, or just, you you know, yeah. that's who you are. You, maybe you just feel it so deeply, right. you know? You just believe it so deeply. You're just, like, so immersed that it's like, whoa. 
Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's really. I want to ask uh, Brian because you asked originally. Um, has anyone ever spoken? Has anyone ever spoken that you felt that? Because I kind of said my guy and Jared kind of said his. Oh yeah. Well, I think that yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, I think I'm like really drawn to people that are that go that extra mile to be intentional and to be like authentic. It comes down to like level of like being authentic and also like. Yeah, like kind of being like, um, yeah, being intentional, being humble, like I don't know, just people that just like I just like really respect what they're yeah. doing. You know, it's like to me, like what else could you aspire to be other than like a, uh, like an awake and aware, like empathetic human being, at the very least. You know, even if you don't like have some like big solution for like some of the global issues that exist, sure, you can't like save everybody. That's not the point, but like. Yeah, but you can you do just, like yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That's where it starts. It's where it always comes back to. Um, but yeah, a lot of people. Um, like I know, uh, like the one of the people that comes to mind, and they do a podcast too, uh, and I can't remember their last names right now. I feel really bad. But uh, <laughs> Alex and Laura uh, are this couple, and they're just really fantastic. They're from Colombia, South America. Um, and it's like a husband, wife, and they got like a couple of kids and they do, uh, essentially they have this whole, like, I guess it's technically a kind of a business, but it's really just like their life work. And someone else has kind of came in and like helped them brand it and like helped them like drive it forward, like a mission statement, but it's called, uh, ancestral knowledge where they essentially are like preserving the teachings of like indigenous people around the world. And, um, yeah, they're just like. They're just going around, just like just doing their thing. They, they do like sweat lodges and um, like plant medicine ceremonies, and um, kind of team up with other people that have like studied like <laughs> traditional Chinese medicine or acupuncture yeah. or like uh, you know Western medicine a little bit. But so uh, yeah, but I mean, like when you sit down in front of Alex and he starts to talk, and then like Laura starts to translate, you just kind of sit there and you're just like. You can just tell this stuff is just like it's not even him; it's just coming right through him. Mm. And uh, for me, like people like that are just really special. Like he doesn't want any credit for it. He's not like this is like my thoughts. It's just he's like he's just being love. He's just emanating love, and you just feel it. Just like you were saying, Jared, it's like moving. You like feel it in your bones. Like you feel it like in your gut. Like that little like thing that just kind of ticks in your gut, and you're like, oh my god, like I could just cry right now. Like mm. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, to um, answer your question, I can think of some people. Cool. Well, I think I'll um, end on a song, I guess, because we're right around the hour mark. Um, Flew by. Yeah, it happened. Um, I appreciate you guys, by the way. On the record, I appreciate you guys a lot. Yeah, me too. And this song kind of has to do with everything we've been talking about, too, because we start off with a Nirvana song. And I feel like I just want to say, like, as far as um, music culture, like, Kurt Cobain has been, like, a really big influence on a lot of young musicians. And he ended up ending his life. So I feel like that's in our culture. And, like... What do you mean? Suicide? Yeah. I mean, well, like, being a a musician and going after whatever ends and ends tragically you know so it's like that's a that's not a great at least for me personally i guess i'm talking from a personal perspective at this point um would you guys like be open to you know killing yourselves (laughs) 
<laughs> right now. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jared is holding a vial of blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> and it looks like he's got like a little something written here. <laughs> no, that was just a dark joke, everyone. I hope. Anyway, I don't know what I really have to say about that. I'm going to play, though. <laughs> <laughs> listening.